Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Okay. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Jen Lowry Writes. I am so honored and blessed to be able to introduce you to Michael Pellico. He is here with us in the studio today, and he is the owner of Moonbow Publishing. He has published five children's books that we're going to be talking about and what's next for Michael. He's also the executive producer of Skater Girl that just came out on Netflix, and it's been receiving some critical rave reviews. So, Michael, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Looking forward to talking to you. I'm laughing Finally. because, guys, the behind the scenes of this has been absolutely hilarious. <laughs> it has been. So anyway, I'm a Neanderthal, obviously, so I don't know much about technology. Well, I'm glad you're here so we can talk more about books. books okay, can, you see, can you see yes. me okay? Can, can you see, see me okay? I can see you. I can hear you. Wonderful. And okay, then we're, we're all set. And let's talk about just a variety of things because, man, you're all over the place. I want to start well, talking about Moonbow Publishing and how all of that came to be. Well, after I, after I wrote my stories, after I wrote the first story, I went around to some publishing companies talking about the, the manuscript. And it was, it was in a very short time I realized that my chances of being published were um, zero because they're they're deluged with manuscripts and they don't have time to read all of them. They don't even have this. They don't even publish as much as they used to publish, of course, and unless you're a really well-known author. And rather than standing in line waiting for years to hope for, and hoping for the best, I started my own publishing company called Moonbow Publishing. And Moonbow, a Moonbow is actually a rainbow that shows up at night and it's so beautiful to see. If you see a rainbow at night with the stars in the background, it's really amazing. So I call my comp company Moonbow Publishing so I can publish my own books and not wait years and years and years, if not forever, to be published. And so your first story was, which one did you have first on the Princess, market? Princess, Princess, Princess Sabrina and the Pot of Gold, which I, these are stories that I told my, my niece Sabrina, and it's called Princess Sabrina and the Pot of Gold. It's a story I wrote where I was in Ireland, I'm sorry, where I was in Hawaii and I saw this beautiful rainbow. And Sabrina, who was sitting next to me, says, Mikey, tell me a story about a rainbow. And I started telling a story about a rainbow. And of course, the pot of gold at the end of a rainbow and how these children are in Ireland. They follow the rainbow and it takes them to the land of the leprechauns where they rescue a leprechaun princess. It's a great story. And I wrote it because I saw a rainbow in, in uh, Hawaii. Love it. And it came out of just the natural storytelling. 
Now, The Little Witch, absolutely loved it. That was my favorite. The Little Witch and The Little Witch's Birthday, I will tell you that that is one that I would just read again and again. So talk to me about The Little Witch. Well, The Little Witch is actually being made into a series on Netflix right now. We're actually writing it and uh, expanding it to the third book. There's one book, the second book, the birthday book, and now there's going to be a third book where Sabrina and Anna go to the land of the witches, which is a really a fascinating land, which is so different than ours, and yet similar in many ways. And I knew it. How, I knew it. Pardon me? I knew it. I knew it was coming. I knew there had to be a book three because I was ready to go to the land of the witches too. And I was saying at the end of that story, mm -hmm. okay, I know this is going to be the next step. And I was going to ask you about that. So yeah, go ahead. Keep talking. It's a wonderful story where they go through this, 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 I want to say this, I want to say this wall of separating the land of the witch and ours. It's almost a membrane and they fly through because they have the magic brooms now and they go to the land of the witches where Magic is common where inanimate objects can talk, where trees can talk and where, but they don't have electricity. They don't have, inter, they don't have um, electricity. They don't have TV. So that's for them magical. So it's a different land where the colors are different because their sun is a different sun than ours and their sun rays allow magic to happen. And it almost can think about, think about Superman and, and, um, and what, how, where he came from. So this land is a little bit different than ours, but everything is upside down and different. And for example, in this land, the, the queen witch, the mother of Anna has a piano, which she just loves, but she doesn't know how to play it. So uh, Sabrina sits down by the piano, starts playing it. And when she finishes, the piano turns to her, suddenly says to her, hmm, that's not bad, but I think I can do better. So the piano starts playing itself. And Sabrina says, listening to it, and the piano kind of smugly goes there. And Sabrina goes, hmm, let me try that piece myself. And she plays it and she does better than the piano. And the piano has to admit, well, okay, you did good too. So this is a fun story with all sorts of magical things happening. Oh, I love it. I cannot wait for that next adventure. And the part where the cat would change colors, I could just imagine children saying, oh, I wish my cat could change different colors. And, and just a tree that has candy coming out as a surprise. I just loved every element of and that's that why the, story. And that's why the cast name is Aurora, because I thought about the Aurora Borealis. Yes. Yes, and you're adding in that science in there too. And you're talking about, you know, brother-sibling relationships. You're talking about friendships and neighbors and community. I just love all of it. All of it together I, just makes yes, such I like a quaint, cute story. Yeah, well, that's why I kind of like unattended consequences, like Sabrina befriends a little witch, and the consequences are wonderful. In, in Prince Sabrina Pot of Gold, they befriend a leprechaun princess and learns into a great story. And in Unusual Friend, she befriend, uh, Sabrina befriends a baby shark that's wounded. They all have unattended consequences, and many of them are, are good consequences. Yes, I love the, the, the friend of the shark. An Unusual Friend is the name of that book. Absolutely love that one too. Each one is just has its own special art of storytelling that brings you in. But there are heart pieces in that story. Like, for example, in An Unusual Friend, the brother and sister haven't started school yet. And so they have time to bond and they have right. time to be together. And so it talks about, of course, you have outside friends, but you also have friends within your family unit. It was just each book 
I just thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm glad you went out of there with that Moonbow Publishing and got your books out there in the world. Yes, I, I just encouraged, I guess my, before I started writing books, um, the, teach, the principal at Sabrina's Grammar School invited me down. So every Thursday I would go to the school and all the children would be gathered around me and I would sit there with a circle of children around me. I guess they were like five and six, seven years old. And they'd say, the teachers would say, okay, the children would say, okay, my, Mikey, tell me a story. So each child would tell me, I would, they would raise their hand, I would tell them a story and they'd gather around me. I find myself to be a better storyteller than book writer, honestly. It's, I think I feel more comfortable just having little children standing sitting around me and, and the stories kind of flow easier for me. And the children, and I find that interesting because the children actually add to the story. When I'm telling the stories, the, the children raise their hand and say, what happens, does, does, a, does a dragon eat the boy? Yes, he, so I, I let the children build on the story as I tell it. Oh, that's lovely. That's, and yes. you have over 20 nieces and nephews. I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and with and then, Christmas is expensive. I bet. And then growing <laughs> up, like you said, no TV for you growing up. And so you were a babysitter with an imagination <laughs> with 10 other siblings and you were the oldest. I was the oldest. And so my mother and father both working. My mother was a nurse and worked like seven days a week. And my father had a small insurance, tiny insurance company. I basically became the second father, the surrogate father. So when the children had bad grades in school, I would go see the, see the teacher and talk about, my dad was too busy. So I don't know if the teachers ever met the real father. <laughs> hey, you stepped in and did the job well, I know. I hope, I hope. And, and so what, how about your family's response to the books, especially honoring Sabrina in that way, your niece, you have pictures of her at the beginning of all of your books and the characters, Sabrina and Steven there. Mm -hmm, I do. I, um, it's kind of funny now because all the, all her, my nieces and nephews are writing, reading the books now. And of course I'm getting clamoring demands from all my brothers and sisters. How come my child's not mentioned? So in the birthday book, the birthday party book for Sabrina, all those children mentioned like Drew and all, they're all, they're all nieces and nephews. So if I, and, 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 and friends of Sabrina who they say, read the book, read the book. So it's, it's so funny. I Love. have to read the books for them. Love I have to it. add the stories. And so limitless storytelling from you, and, and I believe limitless books, I believe it's just going to keep going and going for you. It's true. I, I mean, there's so many stories. You're going to look at my, my one time I was, I was walking down the street with, with Sabrina and her little brother, Stephen, and little Stevie points to a garbage can, a garbage can. He says, Mikey, tell me a story about the garbage can. And I had, so I said, I told him a story about the garbage can, how these children were walking down the street threw some garbage into a garbage can and it burped. And they thought, well, did I hear a burp? And it turns out that garbage cans are really little alien robots disguised as garbage cans so they get free food. And it was a cute little story I told, but you can make a story about anything. Love it. And now let's just skip over. You said that Little Witch is gonna be on Netflix. You've also just aired Skater Girl. How was that whole process? Because the, the visual storytelling in that movie is absolutely phenomenal. I felt like I lived it, breathed it, was there right alongside community and the heartbeat of, yeah, I cried like four times throughout oh the movie. Oh my gosh. I did. Oh I'm emotional. I cried four you times. You must be. Yes. <laughs> That's I so did. cute. Honestly, God, that is so cute. I really did. 
um, 46 years old watching Skater Girl and getting emotional. Um, I will be honest, my husband got all choked up too. Uh, he's probably going to be watching this video and he knows that he did. Uh, it was just a phenomenal story. And, and now that it's released, wow. Right. That. That's a, that was a cute movie. Actually, it originally came, we were going to do a documentary about, about us roller, uh, uh, roller skating, I uh, should say skateboarding in India. And we decided, no, I said, uh, you know, documentaries, are, you know, they'll put you to sleep sometimes. So we made it into a real good story based on this, a real, real events in India. <laughs> it was, it was made, it was filmed in Rajasthan, which is the most beautiful part of India too. And you guys built that skate park in over 40 days. And, and I love the shots of the buildings of the skate park. <laughs> the story behind that, I, that rink is, I mean, be, behind that park is really amazing. When we went to this town in India to film it, this town said, sure, we'll give you the land for the, for the skateboard park, but we want control of it, which means that we're not going to allow girls to skate there. And we're not only going to allow certain, we're not going to allow the, the, the untouchables to skate there. And I said, wait that's going against the whole idea of the movie so secretly we had to go up and really the story behind that is amazing we had to go up and buy secretly buy farmers land so we had control of the skateboard park and who could skate there nice and now it was girls, amazing and now girls are skating there oh my gosh yes they sure are <laughs> yes so congratulations on all of that work michael thank you thank you so growing up in a house filled with children, you are the storyteller. Did you ever imagine that that would become such a central focus of your life? Or did you just think that was your that was your way to get by without the tantrums and screams of smaller children? No, you know, my background is biochemical engineering. I, I do, I've done medical research all my life and it's still what I do every day, of course, and it's my passion. So the storybook telling, the stories basically was just that it happened. It just happened by accident. And I'm enjoying it immensely, but I will nothing will take the place of medical research, of course, because that gives you a great sense of satisfaction. However, the storybook telling, it happened, and I'm enjoying the ride. I'm enjoying the writing. I'm enjoying the, the comments on it, and I hope I can continue writing good stories. And tell me about that balance. How are you handling all of your passion projects and the joys that are around you while still focused in on research well they're both they're, it's, it's like look at it look at a, a diamond as, as, as an example every time you turn it you see a different aspect of it or an elephant you creativity comes out in different ways and i think that's what i love about children children have this great incredible amount of curiosity and they think the whole world they can do everything i want to be an astronaut i want to be a ballerina i want to be an archaeologist a paleontologist whatever they can do everything and as we get to be older we tend to cement ourselves into a field though some of you say yes i'm a doctor i'm an accountant but maybe they're also a book storyteller maybe they're also a great chef maybe they're also a great artist and i think that storytelling for me is a way of me unlocking what adults tend to do which is lock themselves in and i always tell people don't don't be a child again open yourself up maybe tomorrow you can say you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna write a cookbook Although you're maybe you're on, you have a show on TV and radio, but maybe you're more than maybe you are a great chef. Maybe you have a great number of recipes. I just want adults to act more like children, and I think that help, by writing these children's books, it helps me see through the eyes of a child, so I don't become an adult. And it sounds as if you're just playing and having fun with all of it. It's like you're in a big playground. 
I really feel that way too. I really, when I sit down, I kept writing a story and like on the leprechaun, well, I can make the leprechaun anything I want. I can make the witch, a little witch in her magical land, anything I want. It's such a great sense of freedom. And if I do, when I have to write a medical story, I have to stay with what's known. <laughs> but right. with a storytelling, you can just I'll let your imagination run wild. And when I write these stories, by the way, I, I let the, I, I'll give the original manuscript to Sabrina. I'll say, read this. And she'll say, hmm. And so, for example, on The Unusual Friend, I had the title originally was An Unusual Pet. And she goes, Mikey, he's not my pet. He's my friend. I said, wow, she's yeah. right. And so, I mean, when you have, when she asks the story, it, it, it opens in my mind how she's thinking. And that's important for me. So thanks to Sabrina right now, let's give her a special shout out for being one of the best beta readers in the entire world. Yes, she is. She really awesome. is. And that's good too, that you're including her in all of the aspects of this. And is she excited about seeing her stories come to life? Oh, my, she certainly is. Now that I'm making the, the, little, uh, the, the little Witch into a TV series, she's constantly added, uh, telling me what she wants in the story, what the magical land has to look like. She's got her own imagination. So I'm always kind of changing my story to fit her story a little bit so we can kind of blend the two together because her, her idea, so Mikey, I want waterfalls to flow up. Hmm, okay, I can do that. <laughs> Why <laughs> you know not? Let's Why do not? it. Exactly. Let's... Why not? Why, Why not? not? Absolutely love it. Love it. And so your children, much. how old are your children? So I have a ninth grader. He just turned 14 yesterday. And then I have an 18 year old. He's a junior in college. Mm -hmm. So they're a part of my process too in the writing world. Well, and you I, give you give me your 14 year old boy's name and I will include him as a story, as a character in a story. His name is Sam. So you've got Sam Samuel. Yes, Sam is easy. You've got Sam. He'll love no, that. I'll make it. I think Samuel sounds better for my story. Yes, well, his name is Samuel. Yes, go. Go with it. Yeah, so, Sam, will be, Sam will be when he grows up. Right now, he's going to be Samuel. Oh, love it. I would love for you to talk a little bit, too, about working with your illustrators. <laughs> I know that you have some beautiful spreads, especially in an unusual friend. There are some of pages in there that just really blew my mind with the beach scene and the, the silhouettes of the children running along the beach. Just gorgeous illustration. Uh, that's Christina Berry. <clears throat> and she is an absolutely brilliant illustrator. And she's also, by the way, in her own right, a very good writer. One time I had to write a story about my, one of my cancer research projects and for the public. And she actually rewrote my research into a way that pub the public could understand. So she's actually quite good as a writer also. And that helps because when I'm, when I'm writing my book and I give it to her and I say, okay, I want these scenes, you know, illustrate out that scene. We pick out the, together, we pick out what scenes should be illustrated. <clears throat> she also adds to the story. She'll say, she'll do something to the story in a nice way. Uh, and I appreciate that. So she sees it from both ends, not only as an illustrator, but she also as a storyteller in her own right. And I give her 100% wonderful credit for helping me. So that's why I read something that said synergized process that you feel like it's that synergized process between <clears throat> you working with your illustrators that this process comes to life and it is a, a unit working together for that final product. So true. And I'll be, I'll be the first to say that I have never done anything in my whole life without the help of others. And I rely on others to help me because I think that's part of, I learned that in research and medical research. I learned that in writing stories, open your mind to other people's opinions. Now don't lose your 
thought. Don't lose your ideas. Don't lose all that. But certainly be open to ideas that like Sabrina or Christina Berry will give to you. Christina Berry will say to me, Mike, I think we should have a lot of diversity in their children's birthday party. Okay, right. Draw it in, Christina. Go ahead. I like the idea. So I think that's wonderful. Keep your eyes and mind open. Yes, love it. And so now that you've got this work, you've got your Moonbo Publishing, <clears throat> your executive producer, producing, writing for TV. You've got <laughs> so much research, patents. I just want to say, what are some tips that you can give people out there? I love the one that you said, you know, don't peg yourself into one space to be open and, and playful and joyful in life. What are some other tips that you can give um, younger people who just have the world in front of them and they may not quite know? Well, I, I, I can only answer that by saying when I was a little boy, I read all the time. I read books. And I couldn't, you will never find me without a book in my hand. I used to, even when I, when I went to bed at night, I would hide with a, a, with a, with a um, flashlight under the blankets and kept reading. I think reading is the best way for children to expand their imagination and their minds because it takes you to places where you may never go to. And once you have those imagination process running, it, it, it's good for the child. I think it's important. I find it's kind of sad in a way, maybe it's because of my, maybe it's a cultural issue or maybe it's a generational issue that children are not reading what they should read. They're not reading the, the broad variety of books that I read growing up, Silas Marner and, and all these great stories, um, Green Mansions, these stories that bring you to places and open and you, it's just your mind running. And I, I find that to be a kind of a sad thing. So if I was gonna say something, if I was an adult, if I had a ch children of my own, I would say, books, give them books to read, get them excited about books, take them to libraries, take them to bookstores, take them to books, uh, film of, of book festivals, because I don't think there's a better way for a child to get his imagination running than with a good book. I love it. And you did love the classics growing up. I remember reading that about you, not only the I classics, did. but medical books as well. I, well, they're both, they're both fascinating to me. I used to go upstairs and read my mother's medical books and found them, find them fascinating how, how the body works and how what this does and what that does. And I, I mean, to me, that was just, I can almost like a detective story. I, I fell in love with medical research because of my mother's medical books, which were just to me, they're like mystery novels. And, and I was wondering, well, how come I can't fix that? Or how come I can't fix that? It was like, it's like how does that work? And so... Yes, I think it's important for children to read the classics, Huckleberry Finn, Silas Marner, um, Great Expectations, I mean, the Dickens stories, and, and I can go on and on like that. And I think once you read those books, they become part of you and they help you later on in life. They really do. Right. Love it. Now let's move over for writers. So now you have beginning writers who have the blank page before them. What are some tips that you could share to them about capturing the art of storytelling, especially parents too, who may want to capture the art of storytelling for their families? I would say, <clears throat> don't try to write the next big um, great expectations. Don't start out trying to write the great, the great next great novel. Um, Start out writing a story that you found that you find amusing. Find a story that you find interesting in your own life, something about your child's life. And let's say your child 
was a baseball player on a team, a child running a little league, and something amusing happened to it, to the child. Write a cute little story about how he had his favorite bat, and one day he couldn't find his bat, and he thought his, he would never be able to hit again. And make a cute story about that, or maybe a story about the bat actually talking to him, or something. Maybe the bat was made out of a special wood from a special tree. You know, you start with the most mundane, simple thing and write a cute little story. It's like it's like ice skating, everything else you do. Take little steps and write a cute story and then build on it. Oh, love the advice, guys. So famous last words from Michael Pellico. Famous last words. What are some, <laughs> what's a quote you live by? Or what is something that really matters to you at the heart of life and just experience? Oh boy, that's a tough one now. I'm not a philosopher, but I would say whatever you do, enjoy. Um, take, take pleasure out of the very simple things in life. Do not complicate your life with things that are not important, and many people do. And just enjoy the time of growing up. Enjoy the children because your child's, as you said, 14 years old. Well, he's only going to be 14 years old one time. So enjoy each and every year, every moment, as it may be the best part of the life. And I, and I find that to be true. Take life to be simple and, ex and enjoy every little thing. Love it. Well, thank you so much for hopping on here at Jen Lowry Writes. Michael just had such a great time talking with you and sharing about your projects. Can't wait to see the little witch. You got any like projected dates or plans for that that you can share? Or is it still in its preliminary work? It's, it's preliminary work, but we suspect that the launch date would probably be sometime in March or April of the next year. Huh. Yes, ready for that. So I'll have my eyes on it, ready for it. So Michael, thanks so much for connecting. And I hope that you guys have a blessed day. Michael, I will, where can send, you... I will send you the first copy of the third in the series. Yes, yes, thank you. So Michael, where can people connect with you? I know you've got Moonbow Publishing. You've got your website, which is absolutely beautiful. So you guys can go there. But where do you like to live out on social media where people can uh, message or contact you or follow well, you? I'm on Instagram and Facebook, but I very seldom look at them. So I'd say the best place to meet, reach me is probably in Moonbow Publishing. All right. Okay. So guys, you heard it right from Michael and take his advice. Trust me, go back, listen to this again. You got to take some notes on this because this can bring value and add joy to your life in the everyday. All right, Michael, you have a great one. You have a great week coming up. All right. Bye guys. Bye. Now that you found me on the Jen Lowry Writes podcast, I challenge you to head over to where books are sold and find me there. I've published 11 books so far, and I write clean books for all ages. Horror, paranormal, sweet romance, fantasy, historical fiction, you name it, I've got your genre. Search Jen Lowry at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kobo, and more. And for my Bible devotionals, you'll see my full name, Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry on Amazon. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.